Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. groups of all time singing how deep is your love uh birthday bumper music selection from bridget guzzi uh someone who i have no doubt because of her fine taste is absolutely a fan of the bgs is also an outspoken conservative commentator an attorney a blogger and uh someone who is a very very astute film critic as well that is the one and only Debbie Schlussel who is kind enough to join us regularly including right now Debbie it's great to talk with you again Thank you great to be back and wow quite an introduction and of course I love the BGs of course my two favorites are Stan Alive and Tragedy <laughs> Two great selections, but with the BGs, there are no bad selections. Hey, uh, Debbie, True. since uh, since last we spoke, Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the presidential race. I know uh, he was your guy. You were the first person, even before he announced uh, on this program, touting him as a presidential candidate. Give me your thoughts on um, on what went wrong with the DeSantis campaign and kind of how you view the presidential race now, both in the Republican primary and the general election. Well, you know, what went wrong? I think a lot of things, but the main thing is Trump. He was still in the race, and I think that at this point, he was getting, he was sucking all the oxygen in the room. He was getting so much attention. He was getting the backlash uh, factor with all of the prosecutions. I think a lot of people circled the wagons because of that around him. Um, and I just he got all the attention. I also think a lot of the stuff I read about the DeSantis campaign is that they just didn't do a lot of the right things. For example, he had this campaign manager in New Hampshire that was putting together a puzzle, um, a thousand piece puzzle or something. And the people on the rest of the people on the staff were kind of 
puzzled as to why this guy was spending time doing puzzles instead of concentrating on the campaign. Hmm. And that's just one person. I don't, and one person can sink a campaign, especially if they're at the top. But I don't think that was the main reason. I just think it will be and was impossible to be Trump. Now, remember that a year before, with Trump still in the race, but not getting all this attention, not being prosecuted and so on, Ron DeSantis was at 51 percent in New Hampshire and Trump was willfully behind. But he just couldn't be beaten this year, I think. So like you have said that you had voted for Trump previously, both in the uh, general election and in the primary. Right. These days, uh, you're you know a little frustrated with Trump for having dinner with anti-Semites and some of the wacky things that he's said. And uh, you've said that if it ends up being a, a Trump-Biden race, you're not going to vote for Biden, that you're going to probably go um, third party. Uh, well, you've been pretty critical from time to time of Nikki Haley as well. How do you view the Trump-Haley matchup, both in terms of your preference and how you handicap that race in general? You know, I don't trust her. I think she's a chameleon and a shapeshifter. She is whatever. She thinks people want her to be. She's been so all over the map. I remember when she was very anti-Trump when he was running the first time and was actually a great candidate, in my opinion. Um, and I was proud to vote for him. And then all of a sudden she did a 180 because she got appointed U.N. ambassador. Um, and then she was against him. And then she was she's been all over the place. She's not going to win. Trump is going to win. He's beating her everywhere. Um, and she's really just there, I think, to, for the uh, anti-Trump Republican vote. And for some donors to feel good. But in the end, she's not going to get this. He's going to be the nominee. So I I think it's really irrelevant anything she's doing right now, unfortunately. For me, um, I would consider voting for her. If she were the nominee, I, I would probably vote for her. She's not going to be. So it doesn't matter, even though I don't trust her or even really particularly like her. Um, I, I would vote for her. I didn't really like Trump the first time he ran or and thereafter. I, you don't have to like the person personally. You just have to like what you think they're going to do if they get elected or you have to like them better than the person they're running against. I think I'm probably just going to throw my vote away and vote libertarian. It all depends. We'll have to see um, what happens on Election Day because, you know, it's still almost a year away. We'll see. Um, but I just I'm very disappointed in a lot of things Trump did. Like I said, I was proud to vote for him three times in a primary and two generals. But I just I don't know. And I think there are not enough people that don't want him who voted for him before. that I really don't think he's going to win. I mean, anything can happen between now and then. And I thought Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. could be the nominee. And that didn't that, that I was woefully wrong on that. So we'll see. So now, Debbie, I, I am, you know, I vote for third party candidates all the time. So, you know, I wouldn't begrudge anybody making a protest vote. But a lot of people are listening to you right now who might be conservative and they're screaming at their radio. They're saying, uh-huh. all right, we know we know Trump is whatever, whatever your version of of being terrible is. We know he says crazy things. We know he does crazy things. We know he does outlandish things. But, you know, if the choice is of the two 
two candidates that can win, Trump and Biden, a lot of the conservatives listening to us are going to say, all right, with Trump, you have a better chance of getting lower taxes. You have a better chance of not getting a lot of this woke stuff in the military. You have a better chance of getting, um, you know, strict constructionist judges and Supreme Court justices. And even though Trump may be a disaster in terms of the things that he says and who he has dinner with, in terms of policy, isn't the country better off uh, going with Trump than Biden? Address those folks. Talk to those folks that have that mentality. Why would you vote third party rather than vote for Trump when a lot of people, even those that don't like Trump, view those as the stakes in the upcoming election? Well, you know, what? you are right in all of those points. So I can't argue those points and I wouldn't. But my problem is, I don't want to, there, at some point, there has to be something that is a bridge too far. There's some, it has to be something that is, is a deal breaker. And I overlooked a lot of things each time I voted for Trump. I can't overlook things anymore. I don't want Kanye West and Nick Fuentes invited to the White House. Uh, I am afraid people like that are going to be all over the White House. I don't want Alex Jones there. And Alex Jones, Trump hired him to host the January 6th rally. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about what happened in the Capitol later. I'm talking about he had him host his rally. And uh, Alex Jones at that point was saying that the Nazis that marched the Char- in Charlottesville were uh, were Jewish actors. I don't want anti-Semites all over the White House. I'm sorry. At this point, there is a bridge too far. I also don't know. To me, the Middle East and what's going on there is very important. And Trump is was running around saying stuff like that he thinks that Abbas, the Palestinian Authority guy, who was the paymaster of the Munich Olympic terrorists, that he is like a father figure and such a great guy that Israel doesn't want peace. They've had a chance. They had when he spoke with them. He's been he denounced Netanyahu. Um, he has not spoken out against what's going on over you know what happened on October seventh except for on October 7th. And then after that, he's kind of been radio silent other than to attack Netanyahu and Israel. So I'm really concerned about that. I don't think anybody really knows what Trump is going to do in a second term or that he's going to do all those conservative things that, that you're saying, because Trump was a liberal. I didn't trust he was going to do anything for me the first time I voted for him. I was pleasantly surprised he did a lot of great things. I don't know what he's going to do in a second term. I have no idea. And I don't trust that. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm very worried. So I don't know what I'm going to do in November, but probably I cannot vote for a person that has dinner with Kanye and Fuentes and Alex Jones hosting his rallies. That's a big problem for me. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Debbie Schlussel. She's been a uh, commentator on a lot of political issues for a long time. We also take advantage of her expertise and her opinions when it comes to uh, movies. Also been a, a terrific blogger. Debbie, it's been a while since you updated that blog. A lot of folks ask me whenever you come on, hey, how come Debbie's not updating her blog? What's the story? Yeah, you know, I have to get back to that. I've just been so busy with my law practice and going to movies and other stuff that I just something had to give. Mm. Um, but I and also I've just had a lot of tech issues with it and so on. I have to update it. And then once I do, I think I am going to get back to posting things, maybe not as regularly as I once did, but 
Uh, hopefully with some regularity, but that's a good question. And thanks for asking. And I appreciate that people do go there. And at some point I will be back to things, God willing. All right. Uh, let me ask you about the movies. Since last we spoke, the uh, Oscar nominations have come out. This is one of those years where there's 10 best picture nominees. I've only seen uh, a handful, but you got the holdovers nominated American fiction, the zone of interest, Barbie anatomy of a fall past lives, poor things, Oppenheimer maestro and killers of the flower moon of the 10 nominees. Nominees for best pick for best picture, Debbie. Are there any that you've seen that you think are either must see or must miss? So I really liked the holdovers. I think it's deserving of all the awards it's won so far, especially Paul Giamatti as the lead character in that movie. He's a great actor. You can never go wrong with him. And I I think it's a great old fashioned kind of a movie that kind of reminds me of a. 70s version of Dead Poets Society. Um, it's very good. And the acting is very good. The 70s sets and, and everything else are very good. Movies must miss so many on that list. I hated Killers of the Flower Moon. First of all, it's over three hours long. It's ridiculously long for no reason. And basically the message is white people are evil and just <laughs> want to scam uh, American Indian, Native Americans. It, I, I hated the movie, um, and it's the reason it's getting all these awards and nominations is it's very woke, and that's the only reason. Um, it, it's not a great movie. It's actually long, slow, and boring. The story is not that outstanding. The acting is terrible. Robert De Niro, I do think, is a great actor when he plays the right roles. He's playing some uncle in the with a southern accent that goes in and out the entire time and so is and leonardo dicaprio is his nephew he also has that horrible accent that's going in and out Uh, i did not like the movie at all and i you know it really does it's way overrated does not deserve any of this hype Uh, i would say oppenheimer is also way overrated um also way too long i like the parts where it showed how they were developing the nuclear weapons, those were far and few between. A lot of the movie is herky-jerky and goes backwards and forwards between different hearings that they have uh, in the movie to question Oppenheimer. And then also between his love interest to his mistress and his wife and the drama with that. Who cares? I didn't. And there, a lot of it is also hand ringing about why did we develop the nuclear weapons and how evil we were to do that. No, thank God we did, because otherwise millions of people would have died that didn't because World War II was ended because of nuclear weapons. So thank God we did develop them. We don't need to be sorry or do repentance. Um, And it's just ridiculous. So I did not care for that movie either. Uh, There are quite a few on that list. Barbie, uh, Men Are Evil is the message of that. It was such a stupid movie, but way overrated because it's been built into some feminist um, must-see, must-like thing, kind of like Taylor Swift. Um, You know, I just, I did not care for it at all. And if you never see the Barbie movie, 
you, your life would be just fine. You know, on Saturday night, my wife and I started watching Maestro. And, and you know, I keep odd hours, obviously. I fell asleep after about 15 mm-hmm. to 20 minutes. And, and I, I, I'm not sure, legitimately, I'm not sure if I fell asleep because I was tired and I was trying to go back to regular hours on the weekend or because the movie was boring. Did you see Maestro? And, and what was your take? Did I fall asleep because it was boring or because I was tired? Because it was boring. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it's another one that was way too long. It's over two hours long. It's pointless. Um, I love the style of it. It's highly stylized and the whole black and white stuff and everything. But what was the point to show that this um, conductor and composer was tortured because he was secretly gay um, and that his wife knew and could never have the relationship that she really wanted and resented it, even though she entered into this marriage knowing all of this? What was the point of that? There really was no point to me. Um, I just said in one minute what the movie was about. Why did it need to be over two hours? It was long, slow, and boring. And I fell asleep repeatedly. I had to watch it in batches. It just wasn't an exciting movie. There was no plot to it. And it was just a long, slow, tortured mess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Yeah. Um, So of the nominees, it sounds like your favorite is The Holdovers, which I saw and I enjoyed immensely for many of the reasons that you decided. Were there any films that were not nominated that you thought were really were overlooked this year in terms of uh, something that people should check out, but not necessarily anything that was actually nominated? So, you know, I can't think of anything that I thought was like outstanding and a masterpiece that probably should have been nominated. I did enjoy, it's not really the kind of stuff that would get nominated for an Oscar movie these days, but I did enjoy on Apple TV plus the thriller sharper, which I thought was very well Mm. done, well acted and clever. Um, I did enjoy, but in a weird way, and it definitely shouldn't be an Oscar because I think it went way too far. But the idea of dream scenario, because it was interesting, it was like a Twilight Zone movie gone a little bit too far, but it was interesting. And Nicolas Cage was very good in it and very different away from what we normally see him in for a kind of role. Um, I can't really think of anything else, you know, that stood out in my mind. I'd have to go look at the list. But I really did like The Holdovers as one of the best movies I saw uh, last year because because of just the story, the acting, 
everything that was done, and I did not have any reservations with it. Anything out more recently that uh, that you've seen and that you have an opinion on one way or another? So tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Friday, well, tomorrow night it's going to come out, or tonight, I guess, is Argyle, which is being very hyped. It actually comes, which I didn't know this until the end, from the Kingsman universe. I did like the movie Kingsman, but this movie had a great idea, but it just became a mess because it had too many twists. It had one big twist, and then it had too many twists thereafter. And I felt like my head was spinning for no reason that was, uh, you know, worthy. So it's a movie about Bryce Dallas Howard playing this novelist who's lonely and lives out in the country. But she has this very popular spy novel, spy romance novel series called Argyle. And then she's riding in a train one day and she finds that these government spies are trying to get her because or different, there's different opposing government spies. One is trying to protect mm. her. He's played by Sam Rockwell, who's always very good. I like Sam Rockwell, and he was good in this movie, trying to protect her. And then there's a giant twist that I don't want to say because it'll spoil the movie. But then there's a million twists after, and it just gets to be stupid. So it, it was very interesting to a point, and then it just became dumb, like I would say about uh, halfway through until the end. So I would not pay to see this having seen it. Um, so there's that. Um, I, you know, I'm a big Jason Statham fan. I love almost everything he's in. And I say almost because I saw the beekeeper and it was to me out of keeping with what he normally does. Hmm. He normally only goes after the bad guys in this movie, Mrs. Cosby, Felicia Rashad, is a woman that rents him some property. She gets scammed by scammers to give away all of her money in her bank account so she commits suicide and he wants a revenge against the scammers. Great. But then he kills like tons of innocent people, including a lot of law enforcement and FBI agents in the process. I didn't like that. He just destroys everything. Um, So to me, it was pointless, not your typical Jason Statham movie. So the beekeeper was not the greatest for me um i gave you some other movies on the list um the zone of interest which is nominated for an academy award and just came out nationwide i thought was a very very cold movie it's about the commandant of auschwitz it's not a documentary it's a feature film and it's a very cold movie because you almost never hear what's going on in the camps you occasionally do you can hear noises you don't really see much of it um, and it's more about the ambition of this commandant and his family and how cold they are to what's going on right next door to them. But, of course, they're cold to it. They're Nazis. And he's the commandant <laughs> of some of the greatest, uh, not great in terms of good, but largest scale murder of not just Jews, but many people who were murdered at Auschwitz, millions of people. And... You know, of course, they're not going to care about them. They're, they did not consider them human. To me, it was a very cold movie. I would prefer more of a meaningful movie like Defiance, where the Jews fought back. Sure. Or where, you know, you saw their humanity and uh, that was they were the Nazis were attempting to snuff out. Um, it was not for me, and I would not vote for it if I voted in the Academy Awards. It was also long, slow, and boring as well. 
Um, Le- Debbie, last question. You know, you, you talk about the uh, if you voted in the Academy Awards. One of the things that we've seen with all these award shows, the the Emmys, the Golden Globes, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you name it, is the audiences, the television audiences for all of these award shows has dwindled significantly over the years. It used to be that um, if you were going to the office on the Monday after the Oscars, everybody had seen the Oscars, and that was the thing that you knew everybody was talking about. These days, that's not the case, not at all. Uh, I'm curious, why do you think that's the case? Why has the audience for these award shows so dwindled? Well, I think it's a few reasons. Number one, in those days, there were only three channels. And everything on the other channels was probably a boring rerun you'd already seen going up against the Oscars. Number two, the uh, films that were nominated were popular films that everyone went to see. They weren't these obscure movies that are nominated, for the most part, only because they're woke or now they have these new Oscar rules that you can only be nominated for Best Picture if you have, um, you know, minorities playing significant roles or you have a woke message. That's ridiculous. They're not about what's really the best movie bar any other categorizations. Um, and people want to see movies that they liked, that they went to see win. They have nothing to identify with here because they haven't seen any of these movies, including the holdovers. I think... Also, they're tired of hearing woke Hollywood. Hollywood is out of so out of touch with the rest of America. The only reason people watch it anymore is really to see the outfits. And so women are mostly watching mm. this. It's the Super Bowl for women. And that's why you see a lot of makeup ads and women's products and, and so on. Um, and I don't think people want to hear these kinds of woke messages that are in all these acceptance speeches. You know, in the 70s, when Vanessa Redgrave made a speech against Israel, right. and called the Zionist hoodlums, yeah. everyone was mad about that. And in fact, the great, late, great Patty Chayefsky, who is a great Hollywood screenwriter and so on, he told her off. He had a speech and he said how her speech was unnecessary right, and Right, he ridiculous. got cheered. These days, it would be right. the exact opposite. That's a, exactly. a, great, a great point. Hey, Debbie, we're going to have to end it there. I appreciate the time. Let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222 if you want to comment on any portion of my discussion with Debbie Schlossel. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.